Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to The The Castle Chat. Chat. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of our Disney-themed podcast. Want to experience more magic with us outside of this episode? Be sure to follow us on all social platforms at The Castle Chat. If you love what you hear, please leave us a rating or review so we can continue to build this community. Today, we are dishing out all you need to know about Galaxy's Edge. Get ready to become an expert Jedi Knight throughout this episode. So, let's chat about it. so excited to talk about the most amazing land galaxy's edge i feel like this is totally your territory this is this is my land this is my place i love galaxy's edge i also love galaxy's edge but i'm very much a new star wars i wouldn't even, i don't even know if i consider myself a junkie but i'm a new star wars fan i would say my star wars fandom and love of what Star Wars is started with the newer trilogy, um, specifically Rogue One. Rogue One is my personal Ugh, favorite fire, Star Wars film. Fire. So um, this is like all new to me. I think when it first opened, the nostalgia and wow factor of it all for people who have been fans from day one, obviously, is a huge huge thing so for me it was kind of still still experiencing it all with new eyes and um new love for what it is so i'm excited to dig a little deeper into this land gotta dig a little deeper (laughs) stepping outside of star wars (laughs) and into princess land i had to we also okay so you your husband and my fiance are also very big star wars fans so by association we are also star wars fans My husband always talks about going to see the second trilogy, the prequels, when he was younger. He went to see all of them in theaters and remembers going with his dad and having that experience. So it's something that he built a love for as a kid and has continued to grow his love for it as it's gotten bigger and bigger throughout the years. So he's a huge fan. Yeah, my fiance actually had a story about how he was taken out of school one day early so he could go to one of the premieres at the movie theater. So I love their love for Star Wars. My fiance is also a big lightsaber junkie. We have lots of lightsabers in our home. So it's just a growing collection. And whenever I was able to take him to Galaxy's Edge for the first time, just to see his joy, it it made it so much better because I was like, "You, oh my gosh, you have no idea what you're about to experience. And it's going to be so amazing. And he loved every bit of it now we also know there's probably a lot of you listening that maybe haven't been to galaxy's edge before or you're a pro you go there all the time and you love it this episode is going to help you guys understand the land better understand the attractions and experiences the food the shopping literally everything that we can throw at you this land is very immersive and it has so much to offer so we wanted to truly give you guys an episode that breaks it all down so that the next time you step foot in galaxy's edge you truly feel like an expert jedi knight absolutely i think the crazy thing about these lands that disney has started to build is like you said they're so dang immersive they really make you feel like you're in a galaxy far far away when you step into galaxy's edge from 
the way that it looks, the way the cast members dress, the language that the cast members use, the food, all, I mean, everything is themed appropriately and you truly are transported to this realm that is outside of our reality on earth. And it's just mind blowing how well they do it. Yes, and we will be talking about the Walt Disney World Galaxy's Edge up in Hollywood Studios. If you are a Disneyland goer, the Disneyland version of Galaxy's Edge is very similar, um, but our home park is in Orlando, so we will be focusing on that one. But I think we should kick it off and get things started with some food, because I was going to start with attractions, but that's like the big highlight of the whole land, so I kind of wanted to start with, start with some yummy food options. What do you think? I totally agree. I think it's necessary. I already know what we should start with right off the bat i know you know it so why don't you take it away i mean i'm gonna start with the good old ronto roasters because if i'm in hollywood studios in the morning it is the first place i'm stopping to go get a ronto wrap for breakfast yeah i only like the breakfast ronto wrap i'm quite a picky eater so the lunch version that you can get not as much of a fan Um, but the breakfast one is fire Yes, I absolutely love this Ronto wrap. It's basically a pita with a sausage in it and some cheese and some other items. But it, I don't know how to describe it besides saying that it is just wonderful and it is a great way to start the day if you love breakfast great item to grab it's really easy with quick service and mobile ordering you can be in and out and get in ride get in line to ride rise and you know not skip a beat at all yeah i agree it's also kind of hard to come by breakfast that's not just carbs in any of the disney parks so this is a really great one to actually fuel yourself get some protein something a little savory there's like a peppercorn sauce of some sort on it so it's got a little kick to it i mean again this is i I love the breakfast version i'm a breakfast gal give me brunch every meal of every day and i'd be happy so this is definitely a highlight of the food in galaxy's edge yes i usually get it without the peppercorn sauce um i like it just kind of without it and it's really easy to order you know food without sauces on it or things on the side um the mobile app makes it very easy to do that now what else do we have for food options within galaxy's edge okay so if you're not gonna get a ronto wrap for breakfast and you want to get one for a lunch it's a little bit different but even still if you don't want that as your option you can head over to docking bay 7 docking bay 7 is a quick service restaurant in galaxy's edge it's going to be your quick stop for food they've got all kinds of galactic takes on normal things there's like chicken tip yips which is basically like chicken tenders cut up in some kind of weird way and they've got this mac and cheese type thing that's got these weird noodles just a lot of different classic foods that you certainly will find something you like but they're turned into this out of world star wars version of themselves yeah it's really fun they, they this so, so docking bay seven and ronto roasters are going to be your quick service options now there is another place in galaxy's edge that i would technically be considered table service but it's not doesn't have food it's going to be your um, drinks only option and it's the one and only Oga's cantina which I absolutely love Oga's cantina it's very hard to get a reservation to this place but it is one of the most like immersive parts of the land i would say because you don't even really know it's there it's very hidden it feels like a speakeasy almost but it is once you go inside of oga's cantina 
it's like you've transported into another dimension. It's an experience totally worth having. Even if you don't know a lot about Star Wars, you walk in, the cast members, the droid that's the DJ, the options that you have for drinks. There are some lighter food options, but I mean light, very light food options. There's um, like a galactic charcuterie board basically um, that I tried when I was there and it's fine. But um, yeah, people go for the, I don't think people would go like grab a snack at one of the quick service and I think eat that and then maybe go to their Oga's Cantina reservation so that they can truly experience like the alcoholic drinks or a lot of their drinks are also non-alcoholic options as well so there's really something for everyone there but it does really feel like you are in a cantina in the middle of a star wars movie the music is great the droids are fun the cast members that are and the bartenders that are making the drinks in there they fully go along with the music they dance they sing it's just such a fun place to be so if you've never experienced oga's cantina before i highly recommend you get a reservation on your next disney trip and get up early and get that reservation or hit Kelly from hit up Kelly from Kelly's magical vacations. Don't hit Kelly, but <laughs> hit up Kelly from Kelly's magical vacations and she will help you get those reservations. She's absolutely incredible and has helped numerous times with this type of situation. Yeah, she actually managed to get my group of twelve a reservation at Oga's Cantina, which was I thought gonna be impossible, but not for Kelly. She is magic. She figured it out. But also be keeping in mind that when you have a reservation at Oga's Cantina, you do have a 45 minute cap. So you can get as much as you want whenever you're there, but as soon as your 45 minutes is up, you are expected to get up and walk out because they are trying to get as many people and as many reservations taken care of as possible. Yes. Now to locate Oga's Cantina, it's a little tricky to find because it is kind of hidden and tucked away, but if you are staring at the Millennium Falcon, you can turn directly around and you can head down this little walkway and immediately on your left, you will see carved into the wall, it says Cantina and there's a little umbrella and a stand with a cast member out front and they have an iPad and that is actually the entrance to Oga's Cantina. So I didn't know where when I first went to Galaxy's Edge I had no idea the cantina was even over there because I just walked right past it because it was like down this little walkway and I didn't think about it. So it's right there by the Falcon if you turn completely around and walk down that aisle or that um, alleyway like I mentioned you'll be able to find it there on your left. Yeah I think it being hidden is part of what makes it fun whenever you do get to go you feel like you're getting to experience a little secret. Yeah. Now there are some other items that you can grab for food and drink in this land that are really fun and different. One of those is the blue and green milk stand. In the movies, there's a lot of blue and green milk that you see the different characters drinking and Disney has done a really good job of kind of replicating these drinks and it's more like a coconut rice water, but they are bright blue and bright green and you can get alcoholic versions and they have a little um, cart that's set up or a little stand that's kind of in the imperial area where the dark side where you see kylo and all of that so um, that's kind of located over there and have you had have you had blue or green milk before i've had them both are you have oh, you had it i have had both yes okay. are you team blue or team green i think i'm team green me too really yes i did not enjoy the blue milk i <laughs> To be honest, I don't really enjoy either. True, me either. I don't love the something about the rice milk, the texture of it, and the way that it like coats your tongue. 
sorry that's a weird thing to talk about yeah, but, but it's, just it's what makes it not enjoyable and especially considering you are in florida heat yeah i also am just not a big fan of coconut so the fact that it like that's one of the main ingredients in it it's just hard for me to fully enjoy now i mean we we're definitely going to want to know are you a blue a blue milk person or a green milk person we'll have to put a poll mm-hmm. on our instagram stories because we got to know what the people enjoy so um a fun tip that i saw from somebody i don't know who to credit it to but if you get a blue milk and a green milk and you do half seas on them and kind of mix them together apparently that's even better than either Ooh, of them alone i will have to try that yeah i mean make a little tie-dye green blue action but apparently that's a better way to consume both of those is to mix them together i also have yet to try it with alcohol so i might need to give that a shot as well is um where you get the blue and green milk also where you get the black calf coffee drink um that's a great question i do not know we'll have to look that up and post about it later but yes there is the black calf um that was originally it was in the disneyland galaxy's edge for a really long time and i they just now brought it over to walt disney world and people are saying that the disneyland version is better than the disney world i haven't tried it i don't even know where you can get it but it is now available in galaxy's edge walt disney world so wherever that is located you can find that as well um something else that's really fun to drink that that is very um it's almost like a souvenir is any anytime you see the little like soda stations where you usually go and get like ice cream or a bottle of water or a drink you can buy these little like really really cute droid looking like sprites and cokes and they look they just look so cute like i just love them yeah i get one of these almost every time I'm in there it gets me with just the way that it looks I'm like oh it's so cute but also maybe a little bit refreshing um they're small and they're probably what like six dollars yeah I mean they're way overpriced for what <laughs> for what it's, they are but you yeah. get it for the experience not because you actually want a sprite yeah they're <laughs> so fun though I thought this was a very clever way to bring in a normal run-of-the-mill coke product and again put this galaxy's edge star wars twist on it to make it something that fits the theming and doesn't seem like it's out of place holding a coke can in galaxy's edge would not fit what they want to get across with their storytelling so why not make your drinks droids yeah and i mean being able to take that home and people being like what is that coca-cola bottle like what where did you get that it's just you can't find that anywhere else in the world so i think that's I don't know. I think it's really fun. Um, But that's really it for food. I mean, there's quite a good option, quite good options throughout this land, I would say, because there's not just most lands i'd say have like one place and this land has has those options for you which is unheard of so definitely check those out whenever you are in galaxy's edge one more thing i want to mention on food the popcorn oh the popcorn yes yes, yes i forgot yeah so you can find this galactic type of popcorn at Katsaka's Kettle. You're going to find it whenever you're walking through what seems like kind of a marketplace area. It's behind where Ronto Roasters is. So if you find Ronto Roasters in the the Ronto wraps, the popcorn is right behind where you can find that. It is this colorful, fun looking popcorn, um, but the flavoring, it's not everyone's favorite, but for me, I actually love it. It is, um, I think, blueberry 
flavored popcorn mixed with uh, lime and like Cajun flavor. I can't remember the specific flavorings of it, but it's kind of like the way that people have described it before. And I felt like it was a reasonable description was like fruity cereal flavoring with a little kick. That's just so strange to me. And that is not my vibe. I actually really enjoyed it. So depends on your palate, but give it a try. If you are a super Star Wars fan, you might as well. I mean, you're in Galaxy's Edge. Try something a little weird. Yeah, why not? (laughs) Okay, so now we're going to move on to photo spots. Now, what I'll say before we go into this section, uh, this section, sorry, is that we have a whole episode on our top photo spots in Walt Disney World, and we focused heavily on Galaxy's Edge in that episode. So you'll definitely want to go check that out. Go scroll through your podcast platform of choice and go ahead and find that episode to get more information regarding Galaxy's Edge. But we did want to hit some of the like the high points where you'll want to stop because this is a very Instagrammable land. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, if you are into cosplay or dressing in a way that meets the storytelling or look of a particular land, this is one to do it in. I mean, you can take if you get there early enough, you can take some pictures and truly feel like you are a character in a Star Wars film. It is so crazy how they have the mountains looking behind Millennium Falcon, the marketplace, the restaurants even. I mean, all of the detail is something that's photogenic in my opinion. So you can't go wrong trying to take a cool Star Wars photo here, but there are some main hotspots. Oh yeah. So we're just going to quickly mention the hot spots. One would be the Millennium Falcon itself. It's huge. It's life-size. It's an amazing photo spot. If you have a lightsaber, definitely recommend getting that out at night. It's lit up really well. In the daytime, it's great. And if there's not a long line to that to Smuggler's Run Millennium Falcon, then you can get some really amazing shots right out front by the Millennium Falcon. Also, you know, there's the there's the Rebel and the Resistance area. There's some really cool um, like different like ship, ships over there and little like fighter planes and different things that you can take photos by as well as just like the landscape over there is really cool uh what else do we have i just think the marketplace is a vibe on its own it, the whole thing the way that they have the um fabrics i don't know what you would call them but there's like fabric draped over to kind of give it this covered look um even like the bathrooms in there are really neat but the marketplace itself i think if you were to go in there early in the morning when everyone's trying to hit up the attractions it's probably empty and it's covered so you don't have to stand in direct sunlight to get a really cool shot where it looks like you are in a galaxy far away yeah that's awesome and then there's also characters that you can see roaming throughout the land that you can get photos with there's a specific area where they have like a two like a two-tier like where some some characters are up top and some are at the bottom and you can see stormtroopers and different stuff and there's some really cool areas to get photos over there and then the last area we were going to mention is over by the dark side um, of the land there is kylo ren's ship which is incredible there's some amazing like pod droid things that you can pose by 
you see the imperial flags i mean there's so much like over there that if you want to channel your inner dark side this is the spot to go um but there are obviously so many other spots within this land that you can get amazing photos at and like i said you'll definitely need to go check out our photo spots episode so that you can get a more in-depth review of the all the photo spots of where you'll need to go over there can we just have a quick moment of silence for the fact that we don't get mando and grogu in our galaxy's edge i'm so disappointed uh yeah so what what kate is referring to is the d23 expo was the you know it's a disney ultimate fan event it's where they release a lot of information regarding the futures of the parks and the movies and you know marvel and lucasfilm and all that well, they announced that there's going to be Mando and, Mando and Grogu as a character meet and greet or roaming around the land, whatever. And I got so excited and they were talking about it and I saw them come out and I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And they're like, featured only in Disneyland. And I was like, what? Yeah, I don't understand. Maybe someday, I guess we'll get it if it goes well, but oh, my heart hurts. I'm a big Mandalorian fan. Yeah, I... I I don't know. I feel like like if you're just going to do it there, just do it in Walt Disney World too. But there has to be a reason, so maybe it'll come in the future. But speaking of characters, like you just mentioned, why don't we talk about some of the characters that we can meet in Galaxy's Edge? Okay, perfect. Um, one of my favorites is Stormtroopers. I'm just going to mm-hmm. run right ahead with that They're one. They're so scary. Yes, they intimidate you. They walk around. It makes you feel like you are in that star wars universe where it's not your typical disney meet and greet where you wait in a line and then you stand there and you take your photo and you walk off they are guarding batu they are looking for rebels they will interrogate you they are keeping the premises on lock they stand they hover above you on the buildings they hold up their their pew 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 guns and (laughs) You know, make sure <laughs> that pew pew pew. <laughs> make you sh- mean they're blasters? Yeah, sure that. Um, <laughs> make sure everybody is in check and maybe trying to convert you to wanting to come along with the first order. Oh yeah, I mean if they like see if they like walk up to you and you're like on your phone or you're trying to take a video of them, they will call you out in front of everyone. Like they are ruthless, and I love it because they're so in character, and it's it's perfect. Yes. And obviously, if there are stormtroopers around, yes, people from the dark side like Kylo Ren are going to be lurking. And Kylo Ren is also one of those characters in Galaxy's Edge and all of Disney World in general that you just like you get speechless. I can't even really put into words what it's like because you're like, oh, it's just a character. But no, when I see Kylo Ren and he's coming, I'm like, oh my gosh. I want to run away because I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so scary. <laughs> he's more intimidating than the stormtroopers. But he sometimes he's sometimes he's walking around Batu, which is, we forgot to mention this earlier, the, the land of Galaxy's Edge. It's really supposed to mimic this planet called Batu, which is not a real planet in the Star Wars universe, but it's this new planet they've created. So sometimes Kylo is, you know, wandering around batu but he does have a stage area in front of his um in front of his ship and he will sometimes stand out there and people will go get photos and stuff with him but he's not like yeah let me get a photo with you he's like looks so scary and aggressive and like intimidating <laughs> standing there mm-hmm. but it's so powerful when you see him because you're like holy crap this guy 
he could strangle me and like by looking use at the me. force literally he could just <laughs> use the force and look at me and i'd be dead so yes absolutely in contrast to those dark side characters though obviously we have people from the rebel side the light side of the star wars universe you can certainly see favorites like chewy and ray in the same manner sometimes they are above looking down and they'll notice you and wave at you but they are just kind of acting like they're on the planet doing their regular thing um sometimes they walk around and they're kind of eye level with you but it's really cool that in this part of the disney parks and walt disney world specifically i know this is something that's a little more prominent in disneyland but the characters really do just immerse themselves in the story that they are there the land is real and the movies that we know are something that we're experiencing not something we actually saw in film so yeah it's very different than like okay let's line up and let's go meet mickey mouse you know it's they're not it's not a traditional meet and greet it's like they're truly on the planet with you walking around it's almost as if they don't notice you but when they do notice you they do interact with you and so i i really love how they have made it so much more immersive because of that and i mean i i love that element of the way that they've incorporated the characters i don't think there's any other characters that you can see right now but i'm sure as the franchise grows and like we said with with grogu and and mando maybe we'll see that as well in in uh, hollywood studios in the future but we'll have to wait and see for now um let's see what else what what should we go to next what do you want to go to next hmm I think let's save attractions for last. Ooh, yes. And let's talk a little bit about the merch. Ooh, the merch. There are so many places you can buy things in this. <laughs> Too many places like, you can buy things. Yeah, it's it's a problem. It's like they want to take all your money, and so you walk away with all of the Star Wars things. So I just want to kick it off with just the marketplace in general, like we were talking about earlier. Once you step in the marketplace, you best believe your credit card's coming out of your wallet because there's such a variety of different it looks like these little booths that you can walk to they're very small little store areas like it doesn't fit a lot of people but when you walk into each of them each one is you know has a variety and is different some of them have toys some of them have costumes where you can um i mean you can buy like an, a costume that makes you look like ray or you can be get a jedi robe or or whatever you want to buy but i think what else do they have besides like, the toys and the the costumes. So the first one that I want to talk about is Doc Ondar's Den of Antiques or Antiquities. Sorry, Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities. Um, that is a place that is ex- it's an experience. I think to go to Galaxy's Edge and feel like you have experienced part of being in the Star Wars universe popping into the shop is one of those places so this is going to be the place where if you do not get to do the full-on lightsaber experience you can go in here and build a really nice lightsaber spoiler alert there's a lightsaber experience yeah we'll get to that (laughs) then we'll save that for the the queen of all experiences at the end um but yes you can go in here you can customize a lightsaber you can pick your hilt and the light color um that your uh, kyber crystal would make the lightsaber have Um, but then there's also a ton of really neat 
just extra merchandise, but also pieces from films that are encased where it's almost like a museum. And then there's an animatronic in there too that's pretty impressive, which is obviously Doc Ondar himself. Um, but there's some really cool stuff in there. It's like um, some, it looks like somebody did some hunting on galaxies far, far away. And there are these weird creatures. And I think like Leia's necklace from one of the original trilogy films is in there. All kinds of really, really neat stuff. Yeah. Every time I walk past this area, there is always a line to get in. Like I, the first time I went to Galaxy's Edge, I was like, oh, what attraction am I lining up for? And I was like, oh, it's a store. <laughs> so it's definitely a place to stop, take a look at. It's got those unique items like Kaylin was saying. So definitely don't, you know, don't miss out on that opportunity. There are also other generic merchandise stores within the land. There's the Resistance Supply and then the First Order Cargo in kind of both sides of the land. So everywhere you turn, there's going to be another merchandise shop or little cove or alleyway that you can go down where you can find more Star Wars themed merchandise. Um, I love that they have it spread out across the entire land so that you don't have to go to a specific area. You can really find it anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I'm just cluing in. Is the marketplace area called Black Spire Outpost? Yes. Okay. I'm totally blanked on that and it just came back to me. So yes, the marketplace with all the little toys and things like we first talked about. Black Spire Outpost. Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities and then your resistance and first order shops are generally speaking the places that you can check out but I feel like there's even more like when you're getting off the attractions um, and different things that are typical of Disney parks where if you step off of a ride there's going to be something that you can buy (laughs) that um, relates to it Um, but let's go dive in to the two shopping experiences that you can do okay so we kind of put this under attractions because it truly feels in a way it's like it's an experience it's to me it feels like an attraction we have the droid depot and we also have savi's workshop the droid depot is going to be your customizable droid building experience you have to have a reservation for this you can have if you're going to go in and be the droid builder you can have one guest with you and it's basically a conveyor belt that is set up with all the different droid beast pieces and you can build an r series or a BB. BB series. Yep. I was it was I was blanking there for a second. And it'll show you on the screen or on the, the behind the conveyor belt what pieces you need to grab for whatever series you are building. You can customize the colors. It's a really fun experience. I have done it before with my fiance and my fiance did it as well with his nephew and we just had so much fun picking out the pieces and figuring out like the color scheme and what we want it to look like. And so, you know, you kinda go in and you pick out all of those pieces first and then you go to a building station where they have the drills and the screwdrivers and everything and you have a cast member there and they'll show you how to put the certain pieces together and they'll even say okay go ahead and use this you know use the drill use this and then so it's truly like you're building it yourself and they add the um, electronics to it and then they put it in this little it's so cute they put in this little like box and it has all these like steps of how to how to make your droid come to life and you push this button and it starts beeping and it and then they take it out and it rolls around or it moves around and you're like oh my gosh my droid is alive and it's such a fun 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 experience to be able to truly customize your own droid 
Yeah, it's literally Build-A-Bear in Star Wars. Okay, that yeah, and I should have just said that besides it's, describing the whole thing. It just says Build-A-Bear. No, I mean, I love the description because it makes it more fun and colorful, but the big picture is, yeah, it's like Build-A-Bear, but for a droid. Yeah, I loved loved the experience i want to go back and do it again for myself because we kind of picked out one together but i kind of want to do it just one for me <laughs> but i haven't done savvy's workshop and have you done savvy's or i have not okay but i'm sure you've watched lots of videos of course I about have. it so why don't you explain what savvy's workshop is so in the same vein of building a droid when you go to savvy's workshop you are signing up to build a lightsaber and it is certainly an experience you go in they teach you the history of the jedi the meaning of the lightsaber the symbolism of the kyber crystals and the hilts and all of the different parts of the lightsaber it's a history lesson and experience um, as much as it is anything else Um, so you sit there you're kind of in a room full of people and there's someone guiding you through your journey to having your lightsaber and being a jedi fighting the dark side Um, and you get to pick all the pieces put it together follow the steps to bring it to life Um, and you walk out with a -a one-of-a-kind super cool star wars lightsaber that you can go have your own little battle in front of the Millennium Falcon with. Right, Court? Oh, yeah. I love a good lightsaber battle in front of the Falcon. That's what that was, That's what keeps me smiling, you know? Yeah, Court and her fiancé, Jed, um, have, in fact, taken out lightsabers at night in front of the Millennium Falcon and engaged in battle, so... Yeah, I mean, and by lightsabers, I do mean multiple. We had, like, three or four with us, and it was raining, and we had ponchos over our sabers. It was quite an experience, let me tell you. We had a blast, though, because nobody was there, because it was re- it was pouring with rain, and so we were able to get under the Falcon where the rain wasn't getting to us, and it was... It felt like just a true, a true, like, magical Star Wars moment. Yeah, I love this story when you told me. And (laughs) it just is, like, it's one of those things where you're in Disney and you actually just step into the moment and step into where you are, like, pulling out a lightsaber and having a little battle that just, it sounds so fun and so cute. So, yeah, and I mean, you're probably wondering, Courtney, how do you have so many lightsabers, but you've never done Savvy's Workshop? Well, let me tell you. My fiance is is um, quite the Star 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 Wars lightsaber fanatic, as I mentioned. That he has found a website online to get very high, high, high quality lightsabers. Not saying that Disney's aren't, but there are websites out there where you can get absolute replicas. The technology, the LED, you can change the color of the saber. I mean all of it we use a website called saberforge.com where you can fully customize a lightsaber and i have one that i love i picked out like the wrap of the color of the like the leather wrap on it all the different pieces and then my saber itself i can change it from like whatever color i want out of like 14 different colors which the ones at disney you pick a kyber crystal and that's the color of the blade so there are you know enhanced features that you can get on some of these other websites well it's you know it's extra money to do all these things but that's something that my fiance really enjoys collecting and it's like a big part of his life and so it's really fun to build them with him on the site and then wait for them to come in and we get to put them together ourselves so there are other options out there to to build 
lightsabers but I do want to do Savvy's workshop with him because I want to see the difference in the quality I want to do the experience as well and kind of see um how it turns out yeah I sometimes feel skeptical I sometimes feel skeptical about the quality of these websites and I've seen Courtney's lightsaber and it is as legit as the Disney one so if you don't have the ability to do Savvy's workshop while you are in Walt Disney World or you're not planning on going to Walt Disney World anytime soon but you love Star Wars this is definitely a great option Um, but I think it's fun to have the experience while you're there feel like you are really immersing yourself in the story so in terms of you know wanting to have a a really cool one-of-a-kind souvenir to take home with you doing the droid or doing the lightsaber is certainly in my opinion worth the price yeah and what i'll say about the droids is what they tell you when you when you build it they'll say you know leave your droid on because your droid will actually interact with different things throughout galaxy's edge and when we um got our droid and we were walking it around it would like beep when it saw other droids it would it truly would interact using bluetooth and i thought that was an incredible way to feel like your droid is truly alive and with you so you can't actually you know put the droid on the ground and roll it around like you would you know if you were at home they don't they're not allowed to do that but you can keep it in its box or in its backpack and it will beep and interact with other things in the park which is I think is such a cute little touch yeah I agree so now that we've talked about the shopping experiences slash attractions let's talk about the thing that everybody always goes to Disney World for for the most part which is the ride type attractions okay so I think we should just start it off strong um my opinion it's the best disney ride to ever be created and if you disagree with that statement that's okay um i will continue to think it's the greatest disney ride in existence (laughs) and it is the rise of the resistance it's not even a ride i would say it's an absolute experience from top to bottom yeah it's an experience it's an immersive step into a star wars story you have never done anything like it in terms of going to a theme park and getting on a quote-unquote ride there it's it's in a league of its own it's its own category you can't necessarily just say it's a roller coaster or a ride it's a little bit of everything it really is it's considered a trackless ride disney has been incorporating a lot of um new rides where the ride vehicle is not on a track that goes from point a to point b it is a ride vehicle that has magnets in the bottom of it that actually attach to part of a magnetic floor that moves you around as if you're in more of a car or a vehicle that's just kind of free roaming the land or the road um which i think is amazing technology it truly makes you feel like you are and more immersed because you're not just on a like systemized track that has boundaries that you can only go as far as you as the track goes um but this attraction i think it's about 18 minutes in total between the time that you like go to the first showroom to the time that it ends but you experience multiple showrooms i'm not going to tell you the whole story because if you've never been on it i want you to experience it for what it is but you come into contact with people from the First Order on a uh, Star Destroyer ship. You see um, stormtroopers. You get put in jail. You have to escape. Um, but that's all I'm really going to say besides, like, 
I, that's probably keeping it as vague as I can without spoiling it, but it does truly feel like you have been held captive and you are trying to escape and you have a team of, you know, resistance leaders that are trying to get you out and you also are experiencing, you know, the dark side. It's just a combination of everything. It's action-packed. It's so fun. It has so many different elements. And by the end of it, you're like, holy crap, I just, I just experienced a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I think for Star Wars fans, people who know Star Wars well, have seen the films and have all of these things made up in their head of what Star Wars is, you get to experience it all firsthand. Some of those things are the holograms, the ships, the magnitude of a stormtrooper army, like the the extent to which this attraction goes to make you experience or allow you to experience all the things that you've seen in the films is unmatched. Absolutely. And for a while it was just on like the boarding pass system and, or, and you couldn't even get a, you know, a lightning lane for it because Genie Plus wasn't out now, but you can do standby lightning lane or um, I guess just standby and lightning lane now that I think about it, but you can purchase the, the a la carte for that and experience that attraction. But it is obviously, it's the top attraction in the area. And if you haven't already been on it, you have to give it a try, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, because holy crap, it's life changing. <laughs> yeah. And further, what Disney ride standard is to wait in an hour long ride to wait in an hour-long line for an 18-minute, 20-minute experience, that's pretty good. You could wait in an hour-long line or longer for a two-minute ride. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so the return that you get by waiting in this line, there's also so much Star Wars memorabilia and things that as you're going through the queue just waiting for the ride, it already puts you in the mindset of, oh my gosh, I'm literally in a Star Wars movie Mm -hmm. right now. And I will say that this ride does focus on the most recent trilogy. So the characters that you're going to see on this ride would be BB-8, Rey, Kylo, and and that that I guess realm of of Star Wars. So if you're looking for your your Darth Vader, Darth Vader and C-3PO and R2D2, then you're going to need to head over to Star Tours. <laughs> yeah. So with Rise of the Resistance, like Court said, we wanted to just start with the big one, the one we all know that everyone thinks about when they think Galaxy's Edge. But there is also Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Mm-hmm. This is our simulator ride. And Caitlin's not a big fan of simulators. I'm also not a huge fan of simulators. But what I really like about this ride is that it's very interactive, which a lot of simulators do not tend to go in that direction. Yeah, I, I don't love simulator rides. Um, the other Star Wars ride that we do have is Star Tours. It's technically still a part of galaxy's edge it's been there in hollywood studios for a long time um and it's kind of the kickstart to galaxy's edge so i'm thankful that it's there for that reason but i do not like that ride i don't enjoy riding it and with the millennium falcon i would say that the experience there is still for me as somebody who doesn't do well on simulator rides or screen-based rides pretty difficult to ride the cool part is yes it's interactive it's like you're playing a video game but you are 
in the video game. Like if you imagine watching your TV screen playing a spaceship type video game, well now you're in the spaceship yeah. and you're shooting the guns firsthand and hitting things and causing things to react and respond to what you're doing in the vehicle. But that also can make for a pretty bumpy ride. Yes, it can because if you don't have good pilots in the front, um, then good luck because it's going to be a rough one. And I just said pilots. There are um, different seats that you can sit on the Millennium Falcon. There are two pilots, two gunners, and two engineers. To me, the funnest seat to sit in would be the pilot because you truly get to drive the millennium, like fly it, the Millennium Falcon. Gunner is pretty fun because you're like shooting a bunch of stuff, but the I haven't been the engineer yet, but every time I look back at the engineer, it looks like they're not really having a lot of fun because they push a button like here or there. So if you are looking for like the top level of action on this ride, you should request to be the pilot. And uh, if you think you can fly a ship pretty well, then go ahead and go for it. Yeah, definitely pay attention to your instructions on which type of movement you are doing as the pilot. You have two pilots. They have different types of direction and motion that they control and how you push or pull the things around you impacts what you're doing. I rode with my brother who is pretty young and he was excited to be the pilot but he got what he was supposed to do reversed so instead of pushing forward he needed to be pulling back and vice versa so our ride was <laughs> traumatic to say the least yes but he did his best and he was like oh wait a minute I'm doing the opposite of what I'm supposed to be doing the thing about being a gunner or an engineer if you want to have this experience with a group of people with your family and you know screen rides aren't your thing for me I I'm always like, yep, I'm, I'm fine to be the engineer. I'm fine to be the gunner because I don't have to look at the screen and I can just push Same. the button. Same. But I can hear everyone's response to what they're seeing on the screens for those that can tolerate it. So it's still kind of nice to be able to be on the ride and experience it with people, but not necessarily have to force myself to look at the screen and engage with what's going on on the screen. I can just kind of be there and experience the bumpiness of it and not feel like I'm going to be sick to my stomach because I'm trying to see what's going on on the screen. Yeah. If you're ever traveling with a gamer, you should absolutely make them be the pilot because I've experienced it firsthand. They get so into it and they are actually pretty good and it can end up feeling like you truly are like flying the Millennium Falcon with an expert. <laughs> oh, for sure. There have been times where I've experienced it in that way where it's like, yes, I'm doing so great. And other times where I've experienced it where everyone's screaming because all you're doing is running into things. <laughs> but I love how it truly is like it's it's not the same ride every time you get on it. Mm -hmm. If you it, it really is dependent on who is the pilot and how it flies. And I love that Disney has incorporated a ride like that that is unique every single time that you ride it. So those are the two, you know, big attractions for the area. I mean, we've covered a lot of information regarding Galaxy's Edge and there's probably stuff that we missed or, you know, we could have gone into more detail on, but we wanted to end our time together actually with some fun facts because we love fun facts here on the Castle Chat and there are a lot surrounding this land and when they built it. Uh, if you didn't know, this land opened in 2019, so it is still a relatively new land and as they were building it there are a lot of facts that came out about the structures and you know there's a lot of number breakdowns and stuff like that so we wanted to go over those items with you so kate why don't you kick it off with some fun facts okay well we love our fun 
So let's just jump in to some numbers here. So the land itself spans more than 14 acres. 14 acres. 14 acres, people. And it makes it the largest single themed land in Disney Park history. It's huge. I mean, it's nestled between Toy Story Land and like, I guess, like the animation Muppets Muppets area. It doesn't really have another land on the other side of it, but it is huge, huge. Yeah. And it's, it's expansive in a way that I think continues to make it feel super immersive because you walk through and you're like oh here's an alley on this corner and oh my gosh there is a pilot and trying to get into their ship over here and there's the Millennium Falcon and oh my goodness Oga's Cantina hiding in a corner I mean you just keep wandering and wandering and wandering around this area and you continue to find new corners and new pockets and it brings it into perspective how big it actually is yeah and if you're wanting to get on rise of the resistance you're going to want to to get on on the side by muppets and if you're wanting to get on smugglers run you're going to want to go into the land by toy story mm-hmm. because if you like if you were going over by toy story and you're like oh yeah i'm going to go to rise you have to walk through the entire land to get to rise of the resistance so it's important to know how the land is laid out because it is so large of you know kind of what you want to hit if you're going to rope drop any of these attractions yeah definitely i think it would have been cool if um kind of in the same way i say this all the time um for different things but in the way that this is supposed to be a planet far far away um we didn't even touch on the star wars galactic star cruiser oh Um, let me quickly mention that then Okay, so the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, it is a new Star Wars themed hotel. It's very expensive, it's very immersive, but part of the itinerary for when you board the Galactic Star Cruiser, if you're staying there, is you do go into Galaxy's Edge and they do have their own private entrance from the hotel directly into Galaxy's Edge. And you can kind of see that over by where Kylo's ship is. So if you see like an area over there with cast members where you can't really walk back, it's because that's the entrance to um, from the Galactic Star Cruiser. Yeah, in the same way that I described um, the Droid Depot being like Build-A-Bear for droids, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is like a spaceship cruise on land. So you Mm -hmm. get on, you stay for your experience. You're not going into the different Disney parks. It's just the Star Cruiser, and then you have your excursion on Batu. But in the same way that you would have that experience where it's like you're getting off in Batu, I think it would have been cool to make the transition a little more seamless if there was like a transport that you had to get on from one of the sides at least. And it could be optional where if you wanted to be transported to Batu, and it's like you get on a spaceship and you jump to hyperspeed and then you get off in the land. I think something like that would have been cool because I feel like the transition from Muppets or Toy Story into Batu. It's kind of weird. It doesn't really fit, but it was the only place that they could put all of this 14 acre property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's see what other fun facts we have. Okay, so there are over a dozen vehicles that fill the land. There are so many to look at and take photos of. There are also 50 stormtroopers that you can see in the Star Destroyer on Rise of the Resistance. When you 
see this part of the attraction and you walk out and the doors open and you see all those stormtroopers it is so overwhelming and the the star destroyer is huge it is just breathtaking what you see so knowing that there are 50 of them standing there i figured there's probably around that amount but i was like okay 50 that makes sense yeah that's i mean the way that they've done it too the floors reflecting making it just seem like the army in front of you is massive not to mention there are types of spaceships uh i'm gonna get destroyed for not knowing what they're called at ats whatever the spaceships that are hanging on the there's like oh they're not they're not like x-wings or tie fighters well they're tie fighters fighters. yeah yeah, yeah. sorry i meant not not x-wings but they are tie fighters yeah um they have all of those things that are life-size in there and so you're just like oh my gosh um being taken captive by the first order look at all of these stormtroopers if i do anything wrong i'm in trouble um yeah so the way that they have made that just crazy in magnitude is what makes the experience of rise of the resistance so cool um but there are more than seven thousand props used throughout the land also another secondary fun fact one of the vehicles that you can see in the um kind of there's like a little area where they have a a number of different vehicles some of those were used in the filming of the mandalorian oh wow that's incredible yeah so they needed some props i guess for the filming and disney just happened to be making this galaxy's edge land and they decided to borrow some of the props to film and then give it back to disney to put into galaxy's edge I love that. That's so fun. Okay, so some more numbers here. The Millennium Falcon is more than 100 feet long, a.k.a. huge, and the tallest spire, which are those that woodwork that you see all across the top, the tallest spire is 130 feet tall, which, I mean, just to show the scale of this place, it's so huge. Also, to put it into perspective, I think Cinderella Castle, the tallest spire there is 189 feet tall. So it's not much smaller than yeah, Cinderella it's Castle. huge and tall and magnificent. Yes. Another fact about the Millennium Falcon, not only is it 100 feet long, but it's the only version of the Millennium Falcon to ever be built in completion. Obviously, you have the set versions or pieces that you see throughout the films but this is the only full-size version of the millennium falcon that was ever built yeah i mean that's just absolutely mind-blowing to think about and also when you see the falcon in person it's just absolutely breathtaking all right so moving on to some of the music that you kind of can hear throughout the land disney actually hired composers and musicians from around the world to create the music that you hear in the cantina there is a dj in there the droid i forgot the droid's name i think it's like xcx 30 or 90 i have to look it up i'll post on our stories but the the music that he's playing is actually composed by all these different composers from around the world and also john williams actually created new themes specifically for galaxy's edge he came back he did them they are um, incredible and really help you feel more immersed in that land as you're walking through and you're hearing all the star wars noise I think it says a lot about the love of this franchise that the original composer, John Williams, would be willing to come back on for a project like this. So I think it's pretty neat that the things that we hear and some of the things we see and experience are truly from the origins of where Star Wars was born. Um, But a couple of last facts for you guys. 
Rise has the largest show building for a single attraction in Disney history. The thing is huge. Like we said, if you are going through a 20 minute experience, the amount of space you need to move through that is expansive. I wonder if it takes up like an acre or two acres on its own, but it's huge. Yeah, so there's, I believe, and I could be wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong. When you get on the transporter on the ride and then you end up on the Star Destroyer, I'm pretty sure there are two Star Destroyer entrances because the doors will either open one way or they're open the other way. Am I correct? No, 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 there's two transporters. Yeah, I think that there's like two... There has, uh, you know, there has to be two because you split when you get into your droid transport for the last portion of the ride. Mm-hmm. I think there's either two transports or there's two ex- there's two exits from the transport. But basically, it's a way of them diverting crowds because when you get to the showrooms, things kind of split out. So they literally doubled a bunch of stuff, which already just seeing one of these things is absolutely incredible but they it helps kind of spread the crowds out and moves people quicker so they're not waiting on one transporter or one you know kind of showroom with the with the star destroyer and the uh, what's it called the blinking oh the star the stormtroopers so i think i'll have to also look that up but i think you can see it on the map too i think you can see where the the two kind of areas are which i think is really really cool and then our final fun fact is that while they were actually putting together some scenes for rise of the resistance um they are actually current they were filming the current trilogy that we know today and so they're actually able to use a lot of the current sets that they were using on the trilogy to able to like counteract that with what they were doing in galaxy's edge so kind of the same as what you were saying kate with the mandalorian um they were able to double up on some of the the sets and the props and the content because they were also filming star wars content at the same at the same time so that that definitely helped when it came to to building this land yeah again just like john williams for the actors from the newest trilogy to be a part of this attraction and lend their voices and be you know recording and acting so that this attraction can be brought to life in such an incredible way says a lot about not only how much the fans love it but the people who have poured so much into bringing them to life for the films have invested in this part of the disney parks as well i think it's pretty cool to see yeah well that's kind of all we have for gal not all we i mean all we have that was a very long episode but (laughs) um thank you guys for hanging out with us and listening to all the things that you need to know about Galaxy's Edge. We hope that you are now an expert Jedi Knight and ready to take on Batu on your next Disney World trip. But for now, we're going to kick things over to Kelly from Kelly's Magical Vacations for today's trip tip. Hey all, this is Kelly from Kelly's Magical Vacations, the official travel partner of the Castle Chat, and I am so excited to bring you today's trip tip. This week's tip is just a reminder that you don't have to do it alone. Planning a Disney vacation can be pretty stressful, especially now because there's a lot of different things you have to do prior to your trip. 
But that's where someone like me comes in and is able to help you work through all that. No matter where you're at in the process of your trip, make sure that you reach out because I may be able to help you just alleviate some of the stress of planning so that when you get to the parks, you're able to have a great time. Be sure to head over to Kelly's Magical Vacations on Instagram for all your Disney tips and tricks. And if you are looking to plan a Disney vacation, you can head to the Castle Chats Instagram. Click that link in their bio and there will be a form that you can fill out so that we can start planning and I can help you with everything from your accommodations to your tickets to your dining and everything in between. Creator Spotlight, shine a light on somebody who creates things. <laughs> that was terrible, that, guys. I'm not going to lie. That was probably the worst jingle that you've done so far on the castle trap. But you know what? The fact that you even gave it a shot you know i'm just gonna give you 10 out of 10 just for effort thanks i appreciate it it was one of those things where i was like oh no i have to come up with a jingle and then i was my mind was thinking as i was trying to also (laughs) sing simultaneously something that sounded relevant and it was a total flop but i know you guys are here for me anyways i appreciate the support in this journey to being a master of jingles yes caitlin is truly trying to improve her her jingles week in week out here on the castle chat so tune in next week for another jingle with the creator spotlight i'll do better next time guys i promise (laughs) well today our creator spotlight is the one and only brb going to disney Uh, what do you love about her account kate i just love that it is real i think the pictures and the things that she posts are definitely things that just feel natural a lot of the disney influencers and creators that we love to follow post these very thought out orchestrated planned photos and reels where their outfits are immaculate and the the actual photo itself seems like a piece of art and I love that version of content creation as well but this is just down to earth Disney loving content where it's a a person just like you or me who loves to go to Disney and posts what she has when she's there. Yeah I am so glad you said that because I love that as well about her account. Her name is Shannon and she her tagline in her account is helping you have the best Disney vacation. She does resort and dining reviews, Genie Plus tips, perk strategies, etc. I mean it's so fun following her account and like I like you said seeing that realness. um, It's not you know kind of it's not thrown together and fabricated. It's it's just very raw and I, I love her content and she is someone that you definitely need to be following if you're not already and you can give her a follow at brb going to disney i hope that you are going right now and giving her a follow but speaking of instagram i mean we're on instagram right uh i think so i mean we're on instagram we're on tiktok we're not on twitter maybe we should be who knows but we are on multiple social media platforms and like we mentioned at the beginning of our episode we would love if you gave us a follow at the castle chat you can also leave us an email or a dm if you want to email us you can send the email to the castle chat at gmail.com if you'd like to collaborate with us please also send us an email we love getting to hear from all of you it's so much fun 
Yeah, I love doing this for the sake of interacting and meeting and connecting with people who love Disney as much as we do. It's why we do this. We love to have conversation with each other, but we also love to continue conversations with you guys. So definitely reach out if you want to continue conversation outside of these episodes that we post for you guys. Well, for now, we'll leave you guys with what we always leave you with, which is there's a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. Go make it magical. See you real soon. Bye, guys. Bye.